This is the Steve Zabin Show. You don't know what the hell you're doing! On the Team 980 and the Team980.com. What the hell is he doing? Here he is, the Zabe. It's the weirdest thing because our colleagues, our colleague Mr. Sheehan loves two things more than all comprehension. Number one, the Redskins and the schedule, and we are on the verge of that Thursday. He also loves being an amateur winter storm weather guy. So he loves being a winter storm weather guy and a amateur schedule maker. And the two are converging, Scott, because Thursday's schedule comes out for sure. And by Saturday, we could see snow that hits the ground and sticks in the deepest reaches of the month of May. In all my life, in my life living here in the DMV, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Now, we're not there yet. It hasn't happened yet. But the latest GFS, whatever, blah, 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 forecast model. What about the NAM? Futurecast. Uh, this from Tony Pan. The 12Z GFS is on the Baltimore hashtag snow train for early Saturday. No! Yes, it is possible. It's possible that some of this would stick to the grass. Stay tuned for more. 2020, y'all, as the kids would say. I love it. going to be interesting. Bro. Call Sheehan. Call Sheehan today. See what his models say. And when is he releasing the mock? Tomorrow morning? Or did it come out No, the mock, mock's already out. Mock, mock is out. out. Uh, yesterday, I believe, on his uh, Twitter feed. You want to get him on? We can get yeah. him on. He'll run it down. So we can uh, we can we can go through his mock schedule. That kills one segment today. Okay, one. We got Wilbon later today. There you go. That'll be a good one as well. Very cool. Talked to Mike. I haven't talked to Mike in forever, so that's nice. AJ did a good job of hustling him up. Uh, we're going to talk to Terry Robisky, cool. former Redskins interim coach, currently the Jaguars running back coach, and a guy who played for Don Shula, I believe. So we mm-hmm. got some stuff to talk about there. And that only leaves us about eight segments to fill. Be pretty easy. Daily Zabe, birthday game. Daily Zabe, there's seven birthday games. Where you at? What you drinking on a Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> there's that. Yes. I mean, there's there's little popcorn things that I can add water to and watch it expand and fill up the space like uh, foam. For example, <laughs> expander segments. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know what I am as a host? I'm a guy. I'm like the can of spray foam that you put into cracks in buildings and stuff. It's just a little can. And you're like, well, I need to fill this gap in the construction. And it just explodes into foam. So here's one we could spend a segment on. Guess who is signing autographs in surgical gloves and a red Cincinnati Reds mask? Oh, One no. Peter Edward, Edward Rose. Rose. The tweet is great from Patrick Ryan. There are three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and Pete Rose still signing autographs for money. <laughs> it's amazing. He really is there. And I don't know where he is in Vegas because all the casinos are closed. So this might be 
at a card show somewhere. I don't know where this picture was taken. And but what kind of card is. shows going on right now? Because you're right. He, you know where he normally is. And Mike Tyson was there when B and I were out there for Wilder Fury. He's in that one memorabilia shop all of the time, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Zabe, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, something like that. That one memorabilia shop before the food court at the MGM Grand. Pete is right. pretty much on staff. That's his booth. And Tyson showed up there for Wilder Fury. But this looks like a warehouse because there's an S you know, ton of bats behind him, and there's a at lot the of helmets. Right now, aren't you? Okay. I'm looking at this uh, patch, at P Ryan Texas tweet from earlier today. Yes, if anybody knows the backstory on where is Peter Edward Rose, still banned from the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, let me know because death taxes and Pete Rose signing autographs for money, which is what he does. To make a living these days, you know, to put food on the table. It's got to go on, even in the midst of a pandemic. I can't believe that after all these years, every single man, woman, and child on the planet who wanted a Pete Rose autograph doesn't already have a Pete Rose autograph. But apparently there's more coming. You want exactly. No, I I don't want one. I'm good. But somebody tweeted uh, to respond to Mr. Ryan, this is at a place called Sports Gallery in Cincinnati. They bring in tons of Reds' former and currents for signings and such. Give them some publicity, says at Zach Fox 14 with, of course, two X's. All right. And that is not a Photoshop doctored picture. That is a contemporary within the last week or so photo of Pete Rose soldiering on during the pandemic. You know, if Pete (laughs) Rose can carry on signing autographs, then surely baseball can find a way to play. Today, Scott Boris penned an op-ed saying baseball must return. That's good news. I like to hear that. A poll of NHL players says that 90% of them want to return. That's good news. The Bundesliga has been given the green light to return. That is good news. I didn't talk about the story yesterday They had 10 positive tests as they started to round up all the people involved in the Bundesliga. And that sounds like, oh, man, 10 pod. But it was out of 1,700-some-odd people. And one of the tests was sort of inconclusive, and nobody had any symptoms. And so they had to go, okay, what are we going to do? And the uh, German authorities gave them the green light, and they said, well, we're going to keep testing them. And if they're uh, positive, then they're going to have to sit out in quarantine. But otherwise... We're going to go ahead, and they'll open up sometime either, you said May 15th or May 23rd, something like that? Yeah, 15 or 22. They have uh, like eight or nine eight or nine weekends that they need to fill up or something like that. There's a, there's a full story. Okay. I can grab it for you. And there's mixed signals on the college football front. Uh, AD Jack Swarbrick at uh, Notre Dame said that uh, he sees the real possibility of a staggered start for some schools and conferences to the college football season, but expressed high optimism for his fighting Irish that they would be on campus and playing football. Joel Klatt, uh, who probably is a bit on the side of rooting for what he wants to happen, not necessarily with a beat on things, said there was optimism. But uh, Dennis Dodd is sort of reporting the opposite. And the University of Minnesota had one of its board of trustees basically say, oh, there's no way we're going to be on campus next year, and that would obviously preclude football. And then the uh, t- school president, I think, had to backtrack, or AD had to kind of like, well, uh, a lot of people just spouting off left and right. So we'll see. Meanwhile, the Simpsons continue to predict the future in an eerie fashion from years and years ago. <laughs> Here's Dr. Hibbert 
addressing an angry mob outside the Hibbert Medical Clinic in which the citizens are demanding of a vaccine or a cure for something. And instead of giving them what they want, he instead releases bees to attack them. Why, that sounds a lot like 2020 to me. We need a cure. <laughs> oh, hold well, on a second. We need a cure. <laughs> Why, the only cure is bed rest. Bed rest. Anything I give you would only be a placebo. Where do we get these placebos? <laughs> Maybe there's some in this truck. <laughs> they dump over the truck and they uh, knock open a, uh, a container of bees. Now, is that really predicting the future? All these other instances in which the Simpsons, quote-unquote, predicted the future. Is it just because there are, let's see, Google's Internet, how many Simpsons episodes out there? 61,000, like, I think. A, a trillion or so, it seems. It, it's the old theory of if you give enough monkeys enough typewriters, eventually they're going to bang out Shakespeare. If you give them enough years, randomly, they'll, they'll hit a Shakespearean novel in sequence perfectly. Boom. Done. Could be the case, could not be the case. Who knows? 700, right. I believe, is the number. 700 Simpsons episodes. Amazing. All right, my poll question is up today if you would like to vote on it. I don't know what the inspiration for this was. I just saw something, I guess, and I was like, You're oh, drunk. Yeah, that would be a good poll question. Right, I was right. drunk. What is the GOAT of vintage-era home sports video games? GOAT of vintage-era which is purposely vague, doesn't pin it down to any particular console system, doesn't pin it down to any particular time zone in terms of years, just says in general, vintage era, home sports video games. Your choices are Tech Mobile, NHL 94, NBA Jam, or RBI Baseball. Vote now at Zabe, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, or at Team980 on Twitter. Your current leader, by a good margin, is Tech Mobile at 49%. I'm a bit offended. I think NHL 94 is easily the GOAT. Get the scene from Swingers. That. That's all you <laughs> That's need right. to know. Um, but uh, RBI Baseball, as I looked at it, that was a little bit more primitive, but it was a really fun baseball game. And you and I, Scott, are absolutely, uh, we should be ashamed we haven't played MLB The Show yet because we've got it. We've got headsets. We've got internet. We've got time Mm -hmm. on our hands at night. We should be playing this. Agreed. Even if it's just a home run contest between two chubby dudes with, you know, follically challenged uh, batting helmets. Let's do it. What intimidates me, unfortunately, is that it's so detailed. It's so good now. It's so complex. There's so many buttons. I just don't want to suck at it. So it's like, ah, God, how do I do this? You're, you're playing somebody who's played the exact same amount of times as you. That's why we should just get up and swing and just do a home run contest. We don't have to do anything except for swing, and that way we don't have to complain. Oh, I can't field. Oh my god, I suck. You know. Yeah, I know. It's um, but I I just I don't like feeling dumb. Whether or not you also feel dumb playing. Oh, so please. Uh, it's, we can degree. share in our stupidity and commiserate, even with the NHL 20, although I haven't played with 20. I think I, I think I played with 19, and 19, Zabe, on the PS4 allows you to rejigger the controllers like 
an NHL 94-95 vintage joystick setup. So that would make oh. me happy. It's, but I still suck at it. My kids are still wiping the ice with my face. <laughs> with your face. With your face. With your face. All right. Coming up, uh, text window's open, so jump on in. It's a direct line to me and Scott for the show, 330-99-ZABE. Interact on Twitter if you like. At Zabe, Charlie Zulu, Alpha Bravo Echo. We got Terry Rubisky, former Redskins interim coach from back in the day, currently the Jaguars running backs coach, and he played under Don Shula. He'll join us just after the bottom of the hour update. Straight ahead. Well, Big Ben has said he's going to be fine this year. The elbow injury derailed last season. But according to Jake Glazer, don't expect him to come back looking, quote, better than ever. That story next. You're listening to the Steve Zabin Show on the Team 980. Now back to the Steve Zabin Show on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. We've seen some pictures of Big Ben in the offseason, even before the coronavirus hit, of him looking like just a giant lumberjack, huge unkempt beard, and looking facially and with his body that, well, it's been lifting a lot of ice cream spoons in the offseason, not exactly (laughs) saying, I'm going to come back raring to go in better shape than ever. Well, we'll see, but according to Jay Glazer, uh, his off-season workout regimen, this according to a story in The Athletic, is not exactly turning heads, writes Glazer. First of all, let's not put the words fitness and Ben Roethlisberger together. They are allergic to each other. There is no fitness in Ben Roethlisberger. His idea of a great off-season workout program is doing one yoga session, playing golf, and drinking some beer. <laughs> However, oh. yes, what Mike Tomlin and Roethlisberger have done there has been incredible. That's the word, apparently, from Jay Glazer on Big Ben for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to be a huge sort of pivot point for the league if Big Ben is healthy and able to play. That makes the Steelers formidable. If not, they are more than probably not much more than just a jam car, right? I haven't even looked at their backup quarterback situation. Do they still have the dent-headed Mason Rudolph on the roster? Yes. Not very good. So maybe it doesn't matter with Big Ben. Maybe he's going to be a throwback to the days of uh, ambling, out-of-shape old quarterbacks like Billy Kilmer. He's like, I can still sling it. Don't worry. I mean, Big Ben was always just mobile enough to dodge guys left and right. He wasn't necessarily going to outrun you, right? Right. His, so, his we'll greatest see. gift is obviously that arm, but also his ability to extend plays. But they got Juju, and James Conner will be healthy. Jalen Samuels made people miss, which was cool. If Ben's healthy, Zabe, it does, it does make a ton of a difference. They still have Duck Hodges. Oh, that's right. They're also the new home of Paxton Lynch. You remember him. And they've got Mason Rudolph in the two spot. So lots they of They got Paxton Lynch, huh? Yeah, he's wow. the fourth on their list. So they're going to try to resurrect his career, huh? See, see if they can well, squeeze yeah. some magic out of old Paxton Whatever. Lynch. Yeah, Eric Ebron's there now, too, to provide some other punch at the tight end spot with Vance McDonald, who is solid. And, you know, James Washington started to come into his own. They got Chase Claypool, the wide receiver from Notre Dame, good player. Deontay Johnson made some plays. They'll they'll be okay. 
but Ben is the X factor, so long as he stays well. From the 202, Zabe, the fielding is difficult on MLB The Show. I had to switch to CPU assist in order to play it. Well, I don't doubt that because a ball is hit and you got, what, one second to start moving the correct outfielder to move in the right way. It'd be easy just to panic and you switch to the center fielder. You juke him right. The ball's going left. Next thing you know, stand up triple. I got it. I got it. We'll find out tonight, Scott and I. Yeah. Give it a shot. 571, solving the NBA situation. Play only at the arena in the MGM Grand in Vegas. No fans. Each team has a floor for the players, staff, and family, a floor for the refs, and if you want, a special floor for the strippers. Road strange. Nice. I mean, Vegas does seem ideal. They got the capacity. They got the facilities. They got it all. But apparently LeBron would prefer if they're going to do Biodome, Orlando, and Disney instead. If I'm a family man and I've got kids, oh, it's Disney all the way. Imagine imagine letting your kids basically run amok as special VIPs at Disney with limited people around because they just want to get the resort on its feet, and they're like, yeah, we'll go run the roller coaster. Whee! You could ride it a million times. 570, does Pete Rose own that shop in Vegas? And P.S. I do have his autograph on a baseball. But did you pay for it, sir? 847, watched the Better Call Saul season finale last night, and I was floored when I saw the one and only Roy Wood Jr., friend of the show, appear flexing his acting chops. From humble beginnings on the Steve Zabin show to premiere television, what a glow. What a glow up. I don't know about glow up. Well, maybe and we had glow- nothing to do with his no. climbing of the ladder. We, you know, he was just it's nice all, enough. It's all Roy. He listened to our show back in the day when he was still, I think, touring and doing comedy clubs all around the country and took a liking to us, took a shine to us, and so therefore called in and uh, contributed segments and was out there at Zay Vegas with us one year hanging out. It was fun. I saw him in a recent uh, trailer for this upcoming Space Force show Mm -hmm. on Netflix, which is going to star Steve Carell. It's by the people who made The Office. It's sort of a comedy of what if Steve Carell, sort of like Michael Scott, was the head of Space Force. I'm in. If it's Steve Carell, I'm in. And especially if it's Steve Carell plus the people who made The Office. Even if it turns out to be a terrible, lame, pseudo-remake I'm in. But Roy was in it as a general <laughs> who had to explain to Steve Carell's character how much money they just wasted by blowing something up. I'm sure it'll be absolutely awesome. Those guys can do no wrongs. But but you also will have the hashtag what's the point people who will go, it's not the office. This sucks. I don't even know why I'm buying. You know, the instant comparison people. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for watching. 703 Steelers backup quarterbacks, Abe. Cam Newton. Wow. Never thought I didn't even think of that yet. Oh, that's I, the first that's what I told the Joe T a couple weeks ago, and he said, "You know Cam, what? That's a great Cam. idea." But Cam remains without a house for now. Something tells me those two would not get along. I mean, I don't see them as being, "Hey, buddy, you used to be a Super Bowl starting quarterback. I'm a Super Bowl starting quarterback." 
Your injuries are starting to pile up. My injuries are starting to pile up. It just seems very fantasy football-esque. I've got Big Ben and Cam. How can we lose? <laughs> Imagine could you see Coach Tomlin? He's like, oh, I've dealt yeah. with Antonio Brown. I can absolutely handle this. Yeah, right. Cam is easy. Cam is a, is a, is a pro. He just likes to dress sort of silly. Sure. By the way, not enough love for RBI baseball. Look at that, Scott. Look at that high foul ball. It's like the Korean baseball organization. And there's a base hit. Goes to the wall. Uh, this uh, write-up says, RBI baseball is one of the first games I ever had. Thus, I played it for years and years. Maybe it's the cute chibi-style graphics or the fun, catchy soundtrack. Even the game's sound effects for when you got a big hit or a nice defensive play were whimsical and exciting. Something else unique for the era was that the game included real players' names, but did not include real MLB team names. They right. only had the cities. Remember that? So it was PA Something approved, else that put the game ahead of its time approved. was its attention to detail, making different players have different skills and abilities, not to mention slightly different body shapes. It was simple, though. You could see the whole game. People like, yeah, how long are you going to play this for? Okay, we're done now. You play forever. Okay. It's awesome. Coming up, DMV Sports Desk with Scott Lynn on the other side, former Redskins interim head coach Terry Rubisky, now the Jaguars running back coach, uh, and played under Don Shula. We will talk about a variety of football issues next with Coach Rubisky. You're listening to the Steve Zabin Show, not just here on the Team 980, but happily now in Richmond at ESPN Richmond, 99.5 FM and 1027 FM. The DMV Sports Desk on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. With the latest brought to you by Discover, I'm Scott Lynn. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, include your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Starts off with the burgundy and gold. Redskins add O-line depth. One-year deal for Mike Litke. Most recently with the Buccaneers. Interesting read over redskins.com. Dwayne Haskins with a lengthy as told to regarding his rookie season says, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, if I study and put in the work, I'm going to play well. NFL release its schedule tomorrow night. Roger Goodell says the league does have a ticket refund plan for canceled games or those held without fans in attendance. If a game is canceled or is played under conditions that prohibit, says the commission, anybody who bought a ticket directly from the club is entitled to either a full refund or to apply the amount paid toward a future ticket purchase directly from the team. Jadevian Clowney's still unsigned, still weighing some offers, says he's healthy, says he's ready to go whenever camp is, wherever camp is. He does remain open to a return to the Seahawks. In case you missed it, Tua, with number 13, retired Miami for that Marino fellow, will wear number one for the Miami Dolphins. Preakness scheduled for October the 3rd, according to WBAL-TV. It was scheduled for May the 16th. Bundesliga in Germany. First soccer to return to Europe as far as work goes, May 15th or the 22nd. No fans in attendance. 
Mass gatherings still banned in Germany until the end of August. And the Premier Lacrosse League announced that it'll do a single elimination quarantine championship tournament. End of July over two weeks, again, instead of their regular season. DMV weather, 53 clouds in Silver Spring. Showers chance of come back tonight, mid to upper 40s. Sun back for your Thursday, low to mid 60s. Nobody's really sure what time it is these days. Make sure you're waking up with Kevin Sheehan Show, 6 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. Doc Walker, Al Galdi, 9 to noon. B. Mitch, noon to 3. Zabe Show takes you home from 3 to 7 on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. More of the Zabe Show on this Wednesday as we continue from the 95.9 FM Team 980 studios. Steve, back to you. All right, thank you, Scott. We're still trying to uh, hook up with Coach Rubisky. Uh, if we get him on here, we'll pop him right in as soon as possible. More text coming in, 330-99-ZABE. Uh, from the 443, I was always partial to bases loaded two for the original Nintendo. Sounds a lot like RBI baseball that you just described with the catchy tunes, the player metrics, city names, terrible two-dimensional graphics, but still, for some reason... It was awesome. 757 says Little League World Series on Nintendo was a great game. The Little League World Series. How about that? All right. Joining us now on the guest line, our pleasure to say hi once again to former Redskins interim coach and longtime NFL coach and coordinator Terry Robisky, currently the running back coach in Jacksonville. Coach Robisky, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm doing good. How's everybody doing? I'm doing very good. So uh, we had it in mind. We wanted to catch up with you because you once played for the great Don Shula who passed away uh, two days ago, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. What was it like playing for Coach Shula back in the day? Uh, of course, like you said, is play for him back in the day. Uh, that was the uh, – boy, what would, what, what would I say? That was the epitome of um, – Football, um, you know, everything that you grew up learning, learning as a kid, um, how to get up in the morning, how to go to work, uh, how to be tired, how to drag, uh, how to be dragging coming off the field with your shoulder pads, you know, wrapped up in your shirt and sweat pouring off your body. You're exhausted. You're drained. It. Uh, everything that you had learned as a kid about football was Koshula. Uh, it's almost as if uh, how to take your players and drain them, uh, beat them in the ground, uh, work them to death, and then win the game. All those things you would think Coach Shuler invented them. Uh, he's the guy that brought them right. to football. When I went to Miami, um, all those things that uh, that I'm saying to you were things that uh, Coach Shula did with his team, and that was the epitome of the Miami Dolphins and, of course, the Miami Dolphins back in back in those days. Terry was drafted by the Raiders in the eighth round, actually played for John Madden first, and then Tom Flores, and then Shula. That? So that's – how about that? Right, that's pretty darn good right there. You talk that? about learning how to drag yourself off the field exhausted, whether it's a practice or a game. What motivates today's men in the NFL that you see as a coach? I think it's uh, – um, you know, I think it's a uh, it's a different day. You know, it's a different day. It's a different time, and you have uh, you have a different collection of athletes. You know, um, I, I think uh, back in the day, uh, the, the the Marcus Allen's of the world 
was motivated simply by outdoing his predecessor. You know, Marcus wanted to be uh, considered one of the best ever. He wanted to be better than Walter Payton, uh, Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, uh, Bo Jackson, uh, O.J. Simpson. Uh, Marcus, uh, Marcus wanted to be better than all those people. You know what I mean? Uh, I think you have a group of uh, receivers in today's world, uh, some a lot, quite a few I would think, is motivated by uh, the financial aid of it, the financial advancement of it. Uh, I think they're motivated by, as you hear them say when they talk often, you know, by their brand, you know, their their, their brand and, and, and what this means to them and what their name means and, you know, and, and going that way. But then at the same time, I think you still have uh, the Tom Brady's of the world, uh, who's kind of an old school, come from the old school, who's motivated by uh, winning that Lombardi trophy, uh, who's motivated by uh, being on that stage and hoisting that trophy over his head and being uh, being the best in the world, you know, at, at that particular time, at that particular moment. So you have, a, I think you have a collection of, of, of players in today's world with different motivations. You know, um, I think with Coach Shula, who we originally were speaking about, uh, you were motivated by fear. Uh, you know, he, he, he did it all through fear. You know, you're going to play, and you're going to play the best of your ability, and you're going to work, and you're going to work your butt off. Uh, I'm going to send you home, you know. Uh, John Madden was a different guy. And, and I tell people all the time, uh, when, they, when people talk about uh, – it's funny, you know, when I hear people talk about uh, uh, a coach came from – uh, this guy's tree, you know, Andy Reid got a hell of a tree. You know, Mike Hogan had a hell of a tree. You know, of course, Belichick got a hell of a tree. You know what I mean? Uh, Parcel tree was fantastic. And I like to say I put my tree up against all them trees, you know, because I was drafted by Al Davis. Uh, I sat right next to him in his office, uh, right up against his door every day almost, and learned firsthand from Al Davis. Uh, I then – worked for a guy named John Madden and watched every single thing John Madden did, uh, even even down to the T of how he made the Madden game. And, and, and our plays was on that. I watched that. Then I had Tom Flores, who won uh, another guy that was a great one, who won Super Bowl, uh, won Super Bowls, I think, and had a great time with Tom, and that was fantastic. And then from there, I went to Coach Shula and, and played for him, you know. So just my playing history – uh, my playing history, the pedigree of that has been has been fantastic. Coach Terry Robisky, Jags running backs coach, nice enough to join us here on the Zabe Show on a Wednesday, Team 980, Team 980 app, 95.9 FM. Coach, you mentioned Coach Shula and Coach Madden and Al Davis. Has has the communication game changed with cell phones and social media, or it still is what it was? No, absolutely, it's changed, and it's changed drastically. Uh, and 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 listen, it's uh, not only not only has it changed, uh, it's consistently changing. You know, even to a point uh, of uh, you know two weekends ago, when everybody is sitting at home uh, watching the draft, not just sitting there watching the draft, but watching television, uh, go into uh, go into the draft. I mean, just just dive in go into the general manager's houses and see their wives and their kids being a part of it and go into uh, the coach's houses or the coach's office. In some cases, 
the coaches got their kids sitting there on their laps and being a part of it. You know, I think one of the greatest things, uh, and I don't know if it was the greatest, but I, I, I can remember a line from a lot, a lot of years ago uh, when uh, one of the greatest coaches in Redskins history, Coach Gibbs, uh, I can remember Coach Gibbs at one time mentioning how difficult it had been on him to not see his son play in high school because he was too busy with the Washington Redskins. He didn't really have a chance to kind of see. I think it was kind of a statement of a regret thing. You know, he didn't get a chance to see his sons in high school because he was too busy with the Redskins and being prepared and preparing the Redskins to win and trying to win. And uh, and uh, today, all that is totally, totally changed. When you see coaches on that, uh, you know, sitting out on TV with the draft, the virtual draft last two weeks ago, and you see TV go in everybody else, it even went into the commissioner's house to watch him make the call. Uh, trust me, it's changed. And then I think last year when the new head coach of the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals came out and said, uh, in our meeting times, we're going to allow times for our guys to get up out of meetings. We're going to have to take a break. So guys can get up out of the meetings and go answer their cell phones and return calls and return texts. Uh, times have truly, truly, truly changed. And one thing I promise you, um, I promise you as it continue to change and continue to evolve, the guys like uh, Al Davis and Coach Shula and uh, the great ones who invented the game, uh, they'll, they'll either be sitting up in heaven talking about it. Can you believe this? Uh, can you believe what they're doing with this and that and this and that? Or they'll be turned over in their grave screaming and cussing at somebody. Say, how in the world can they have their kids in there and they're trying to make this draft pick and they, they're trying to make this decision and they're trying to win this game? Uh, them, old time, them old timers will be sitting up in heaven and, uh, and they'll be preaching about it. They'll be, they'll be screaming and fussing at somebody about it. Terry, different room, and I know that Zabe's going to ask you about Leonard Fournette, but uh, thoughts on Gardner Minshew as you guys approach the season and, and a difficult offseason for so many and for a variety of reasons, but you guys got the virtual iPads floating out there. Can you talk a little bit about a, a younger player and how this type of offseason hurts or, or doesn't really hurt because it's, again, all about communication? Yeah, and just like you said, there's so much of it is relying on communication. It's tough. Uh, I would say this. Uh, the first thing, I guess, the first thing I would have to say is um, uh, I think that I think the scale, I think the scale will be tilted a little bit to the uh, to the veteran guys. I think the scale will be tilted a little bit to the veteran football teams. You know, the the teams that's got uh, their quarterback, their receivers, their O-line. Uh, they've got a, a senior group who've been together for whatever that time frame, four, five, six, seven, eight years. You know, uh, maybe it's the Steelers with Ben Rothenberg. You know I mean? Uh, maybe it's New Orleans with Drew Brees. Maybe it's Seattle with Russell Wilson. They've got a group of people that's been there, that's been intact, and been in that same system for a couple of years. I think it's got to tilt to them because they don't have that newness and the new things to learn, you know. I think that scale is going to be a little bit tougher for the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, the Washington Redskins, the uh, Carolina Panthers, those teams that, uh, you know, is just coming together for the first time. Uh, it's a lot of newness. It's new players, new coaches, new system, new offense, new defense. Uh, those will be a little bit different. The thing about us, 
uh, is I think we we're very very sound as a unit. We're very very sound uh, as a group. We've got a very very veteran, a very very knowledgeable head coach. Uh, I think you know the way that Coach Doug Marone's going to set it all up, uh, the way we're going through it. I think uh, I, I think Doug is just a, a phenomenal guy. Uh, all those Al Davis and Don Shulers and all those people I spoke about. Uh, I think Doug has kind of been touched by them guys too, you know. So I think the way Doug is going about it and the way he's getting it all set up, Coach Marone's done a fantastic job. The other thing I think that's fantastic is uh, Coach Marone knows we got a little bit of a feel for uh, Gardner. You know, Gardner did a hell of a job for us last last year. Uh, he's got a lot of excitement that he's going to bring to Jacksonville, to the Jaguars. And, uh, you know, we just got to get our system together as fast as we can. But I think, again, even and, – and I don't know for sure, but even Tom Brady in Tampa Bay – uh, you know, just like we heard the other day, uh, maybe he was doing something he had no business when he stumbled into the wrong house. He wasn't supposed to be meeting. He's trying to get this thing down, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 that's a little bit of it is whoever can whoever can get there on their computer and get it down the fastest uh, gonna be able to catch yeah. up with that veteran group and those veteran groups that's out there playing. And hopefully we could be one. We we uh we're excited about our quarterback. He's a very active little guy. He loves football. Uh, he loves running around back there making plays. He's he's very exciting to watch, and uh, we just got to narrow it down and get it to him as quick as we can and see if we can make it work. You've coached mostly wide receivers through your career. Uh, you've got the running back title coach now, or running back coach title now, and you got Leonard Fournette, who's a big horse, going into his fifth year or going into his fourth year. Fifth year option was not picked up. What do you tell a guy like that? How do you coach a guy like that uh, in a situation like this? Well, I think the thing about that is uh, you sit down and try to uh, get him to understand, you know, uh, that it's not necessarily about Leonard. Uh, For Leonard, it is, of course, and I understand that part of it because uh, for all of us, you know, for all of us, there's a very uh, individual part to it. You know, we all have to uh, sit back and look and prepare and understand, and we all have to be ready to do what's best for our family. And that's the individual part of it, you know. But I think the other side of that we all got to keep in mind, too, is uh, there's always the team part. You know, it's not about me. It's not about him. uh, It's not about us as an individual. It's about the team, you know. And I think uh, for him coming in, the big thing is going to be, you know, wow, man, okay, they didn't pick up my option. They didn't pick up your option. Wow, okay. Uh, Well, listen, here's what I'll say. Make them pick it up. Let's go ahead and uh, have a year. Uh, you know, have another year, a better year than you had last year. Uh, whatever that last year was, let's go be better. And you know what? At the end of the day, let's see if we can get this thing in a position where uh, when that last whistle blows and the last gun ends and the game is over, somebody sit down and say, wow, we didn't pick up his 50 option, but we need to. Wow, we didn't pick up that 50 option, but we have to. Oh, my God, did you see the year that got here? And then let you guys, let you guys in the media and you guys on the radios and let you guys declare, oh, my God, this guy was unbelievable, had an unbelievable season, had an unbelievable year, carried that team on their back, took them to the Super Bowl. We got to sign him. Oh, we got to have him back. Oh, we got to bring him back. Uh, They got to sign him, and they got to bring him back. Let's go create that kind of, uh, you know, euphoria, and let's make it happen. Well said, Coach. That's what we're good at overreacting and going crazy. 
when guys have a big season. We appreciate your time today, Coach. Uh, best of luck down there in Jacksonville this year, and it was nice talking to you as always. Thanks to me. You guys, thanks for calling. I appreciate you. And tell all the tell all the Redskins fans, keep it going. Tell them my best friend is Russ Grimm, and uh, he and I got great memories from the D.C. days. Awesome. Very good. Thank you, Terry. Terry Rubisky, former Redskins interim head coach, uh, and I didn't either have time or – I just figured the way it was going, I wasn't going to bring it up. Uh, I think he would have said uh, positive things about his short stint as the interim head coach. For those of us who remember that crazy ending to the 2000 season that began with such insane hype and expectation, the Fortune 500 Redskins, as I dubbed them, they cost a fortune, they finished 500, they fired Norv with three games to go. Jeff George got inserted as the starter uh, in the middle of the season, and there was tension, and it was Dan Snyder's second year of owning the team, and it was crazy. And Norv was out three games to go. Terry takes over, does the best he could, but except for a win against lowly Arizona on the final week of the season, he lost his two of his three games, and it was not really pretty. But he took the job. He said, okay, well, if you're going to let me take the job. Now, of course, for a brief hot minute, it was going to be Pepper Rogers. <laughs> Quick break. We'll come back. Uh, on the other side, Prince Harry is without a doubt the most P-whip man on earth. I'll tell you why next. Now back to the Steve Zabin Show on the Team 980 and 95.9 FM. That Megan Markle, Scott, she is nice looking. And maybe a nice lady. I don't know. I've never met her, but uh, a lot of reports coming out that she is, she is hell on wheels sometimes to deal with. Headline: Megan doesn't like it. "Quote unquote." Prince Harry sells rifle collection to reportedly to reportedly please his bride, the prince, s princess, Megan. Oh, my God. I mean, seriously. Custom-made hunting rifles. This to please his animal-loving wife, Meghan Markle. So said the U.K. tabloids on Wednesday. Now the tabloids being the tabloids, you never know. A fellow hunter, though, bought a pair of the prized Purdy firearms, thought to be worth at least 50,000 pounds in a private deal. Harry learned to shoot as a child and once killed a one-ton buffalo, the outlet said, but Megan is opposed to hunting, and pals hinted the Duke of Sussex would give it up to appease her. The 35-year-old was absent from recent shoots at Balmoral and Sandringham, the son outlined. He sold his two British-made guns five months ago before he and Megan quit the U.K. for a new life in North America. He bought them because he wanted them, not because they belonged to Harry, but he was quite chuffed when he found out, said a friend of the anonymous buyer. They are beautiful examples, and he's very pleased with them, but he's not the sort of person who wants to boast about the royal connection. Except he did sort of tattle on it. Except for he's got a really big placard underneath these things, which are now displayed prominently underneath Jim Nance's mural in his lobby of his house. Look, it's formerly Prince Harry's. I've got Prince Harry's rifle. Apparently, his American game show wife doesn't like them. 
Harry's loss is my gain. Not a hunting fan. As huh? noted by the UK outlet Express in January, Harry was, Harry was forced to give up his military titles when he chose the royal split. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I remember seeing pictures of him in, uh, in military garb. I think he was. Sure. He what did served. he do in the military? Was he a pilot? Or just I a. I saw. Uh... Just a pretty looking grunt. Look up what his military titles were. He made a career in the armed forces before he met Meghan Markle. will also lose some of his military, military titles, said the report. He enjoyed 10 years in the Army. 10 years before leaving in 2015. Yeah. Rose Captain the General Captain. of the Royal Marines. Exactly. Honorary Air Commandant, Royal Air Force Honington, and Commodore-in-Chief of Small Ships and Diving. Sounds like Harry was a bit of a military badass. Yeah, now he's like, okay, honey, I'll give up the guns. He could say, look, I'm still going to hunt, but at least we're going to eat what I kill, because that's the Doc Walker mantra. I eat what I kill, right, Doc? Yes. And then I'll bring it home, and we'll have our staff cook it up in a nice souffle. Mm. Mm. Tastes like all meat. This is heading for a bad outcome. So happy birthday to oh, well. Archie, by the way. Turned one today, Save. Your child. Very yes. Nice. Archie! No, no, different Archie. Oh, different Archie. Baby okay. Archie, yes. Coming up next hour, the mock schedule is out. Tomorrow night's the real one. Our own Kevin Sheehan has put out what he thinks the Redskins season could look like. We'll go through it game by game and give you a fictional first blush, win, loss, win, 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 loss, loss, win sort of breakdown. Plus, in his own words, Dwayne Haskins has written a piece about what his rookie year was like in the NFL. Some interesting stuff we'll get to it next hour. Oh boy.